What up? Welcome back to the Stellar Settler Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Mason Boyd, joined as always by Glenn Enos. Junior. And Matthew Souza. Hi. What's happening, boys? In a while. It's, it's been, been a long been, time. Been a it's long been time. A great while. We're doing a nice recording over Zoom. Zoom, so shout out Zoom. Sunshine. It shout should sound better. So, should, oh my God, I can't say it. Should sound better than the last couple with the Snapchat audio stuff. We're not sponsored by Zoom, by the way. So shout out Zoom, but yeah. But if you do want to sponsor us, yes, hit the line. DMs are open. So last time we came to you guys, we did a 2010s fantasy draft, which I dominated. Quotations around that. Even though the consensus said Mason had the best team. I don't know. Is that real? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I ever saw the votes on that. Yeah, well. Really? Yeah. Good job, Mason. Good job. What was the votes? What was like the percentage spread or whatever? It's probably like two votes for Mason, one vote for me, one oh vote my for God. you. God. <laughs> no, I don't know how many people voted. But, uh, Mason did win. And wow. Yeah, I made five I made five separate accounts just to vote for myself. <laughs> you <laughs> son of a bitch. Um and then as far as any news, what do we talk about? I don't even remember. Um oh, uh, Tom was, Brady yeah. uh, going to the Bucks. Yeah, oh, right after right. Tom Brady's He's wrong. still there, by the way. Yeah, still, it's not a dream. So, Patriots fans, if you pinch yourself, you're still Tom Brady-less. Let's go however, however, that's a good segue. However, you lose Tom mm. Brady, mm-hmm. but you gain – drum roll. Sorry-ass drum roll. Cameron Newton. No, 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 no. We gained Superman. Super Cam. Who's the one person that could be better than Tom Brady? Superman. Uh, I was going to say Captain America. Come on. You know Superman's not fair. Yeah, but you see, well, if Tom Brady's mom's <laughs> name's Martha. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Just, That's know. the only thing. Yeah. But, yeah, Cam Newton. Cam Newton to the Patriots. So, Dynasty back on? There's at least a pulse. I'll say that much. I think, like, I it's think, not dead. I think what's gonna happen is Maybe, that, before before we get into this, Mason. I want your opinion as a Patriots fan. Uh, you're, yeah, I'd say you're a realist Patriots fan. I respect yeah. that about you, even you, though your reverse psychology with the Patriots pisses I'm me not off. A pessimistic fan. I'm yeah. pessimistic. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, um, and you did chug a freaking <laughs> bowl of. Salsa after they came back down 28-3. Going into this season, after Tom Brady left, thinking that Jared Stidham would be your quarterback for the foreseeable future, what did you think was the peak for Bill Belichick's Patriots? Well, uh, when you look not only at the fact that they're going to have a rookie – well, he's technically the second year, but for all intents and purposes, a rookie quarterback – uh, starting all 16 games, theoretically. Or is is it 18 this year? Are they doing that this year? I don't think that happened. I think it's I don't know. next year. <laughs> okay. That's so this year, 16 games. I don't uh, know. If, if they had had him start all 16 games, I think if Bill Belichick coached his balls off, I think they went uh, at best 10-6. and six. 
because their schedule is the hardest in the league by far. Is it? Yeah. No, like if, if you look up the rankings, it's it's ridiculous. They play uh, the NFC West and the AFC North. I think no, they played the North last year. The West. The yeah yeah AFC West. So that's Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, and Broncos. Yeah. So, and they have to. They're like. Shout out homo- Jake Butt. Yeah, big butt, big jig butt. So you um, think with Jared Stidham, their peak in a 16-game regular season, if Bill Belichick coaches his ass off, is 10 and six. I think yeah, like if wow. everything goes right, mostly because of the schedule, like their schedule is just so ridiculously hard that like just the NFC West, I think maybe the only game that they get out of there is Arizona, potentially Los Angeles, because they have, like, a favorable thing on their schedule where, like, they play the Chargers the week before, and L.A. plays on Monday night. So they technically don't have to leave L.A. Also depends if it's in L.A. Um, and Foxborough. Like, if these NFC West games, like, if they if they face Arizona at home rather than Arizona yeah. on the road. Also, get- it's it, we, we don't know how they're going to look because it's a completely different team without Brady. But something just about Gillette Stadium brings that factor. And I feel yeah. Like- uh, continue. So then, as far as Cam Newton goes, right? Uh, well, I wasn't done. Oh, uh, wait, you want to we'll get to Cam Newton. Yeah, so with Jared Stidham, let's yeah. say he would be the starter before the Cam Newton thing happened. You say 10-6 and six at best. Sousa, thoughts? I'm looking at the schedule now. 10-6, and six I think, is very generous. I would say 9 is the max with Stidham. With Stidham? Max, like that's best-case scenario for me. Okay. Now nine and seven and ten and six is that winning the AFC East? It could with ten and six, but I think with nine wins, I think the Bills would would win. Yeah, well, still, I agree. I agree you, with you. you think they'd still be a wild card team if they went nine and seven? You yeah, that, fit- that's factoring in a lot. Then I do because the they might not have changed the schedule this year, but they did add the extra wild card team in. Oh, yeah. So, it's so seven think, teams, right? Yeah. Oh. So I think they'd still be able to make the playoffs. We got to have your AFC. It would be – you have your division winner. So, if you're saying the Bills win the division, it's Bills, um, probably Ravens, Chiefs, and we'll go Texans or, or Titans. Titans were a wild-card team last year. I think Texans won the division. Yeah. And then you say your wild-card teams, three wild-card teams, probably Steelers. If Big Ben's healthy, even if he's not, that defense is good. Um, I was I was gonna say Chargers, but I don't know with a rookie quarterback. You say Colts? It could be the Titans again. Colts of Titans. Colts have Rivers. I mean, and, and Patriots. Rivers yeah, can pull some out of his ass, you know. Okay, so at best, but how far would they go in the playoffs with oh. Jared Stidham as their leader? Um, not far. I think they lose in the divisional round, personally. Or the wild card weekend, rather. Yeah, they're not making any Do they win a, they win a wild card game? If uh, with Jared Sidham. Like, those teams that we just listed, you think they could beat the Titans? Steelers? <laughs> they couldn't with Brady. <laughs> Texans? That's a good point. I think it depends. I It's it's a strange situation. They can always squeak something out. But they're not. It's the, it won't last long enough to get to the AFC Championship or the Super Bowl. Some people think. Some people, 
Some people. I think that Jared Stidham may not have lost his starting job, even though Cam Newton got signed. That's what I've heard, too. I am not Skip some Bayless people. say that. I am not some people. That's a bad take. By those you, you, don't, you don't sign Cam Newton for one year just to have him as a backup. Now, here's the difference. Jared Stidham may start the season or start the preseason or do whatever, but there is no way you have Cam Newton on the bench and you're starting Jared Stidham oh, yeah. for 16 games going forward. No, yeah, it's definitely – he's definitely going to play. It's just a matter of is he going to start or is Stidham going to start. And I think it is possible that Stidham would start, but either way, Cam's getting in there. Now, Unless Stidham goes undefeated, I don't know. If you have Cam Newton for 16 games leading this New England Patriots team, Mason, I'll ask you first, what's the best they can do? I, I only think you get an extra game or two out of him. So, Well, actually, probably an extra game. I still really don't think they have a favorable schedule. So I'd say maybe 11-5. and five. And honestly, what Susan said is right. I, I pro- Honestly, I probably overshot by like a game. 9-7 and seven is probably more likely. 10-6 and six is a viable option. You said, you said at their peak. So the yeah. best it can be, 10-6, and six, that's still – like it's good, good enough to make the playoffs. But you would have to play like, – that's their best football is 10-6. and six. Yeah, that's like peak, no injuries. Like everything goes right for them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd say I'd say eleven and five, but it also depends what Cam Newton you get, because if you get Cam Newton when he, which I don't think is going to happen, let me preface this by, with that. Uh, if you get twenty fifteen Cam Newton when he was MVP, obviously the sky's the limit. You know what I mean? Like he was ridiculous that year, and that year, like people talk about the Patriots receiving core and how they don't really have anybody. Cam Newton did not have anybody on that team that year. He had jack shit for wide receiver. <laughs> Yet no one, and he basically carried him in the defense. Essentially, carried them to fifteen and one, and then to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, I mean, if you get that Cam Newman, I think you can. And he, he didn't really have a running game either. Who's his yeah. starting running back? I think it was Stewart, wasn't it? it was Jonathan Stewart? Fucking Mike Tolbert. Yeah, probably. Jesus Christ. Um, touchdown vulture himself. Yeah, you're not you're not gonna get 2015 Cam Newton. You know, best yeah. case scenario is you get a steady, healthy Cam Newton. When Cam Newton is healthy, you know he's 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 in the the upper. I'd say the better half of the quarterbacks in the league when he's healthy for 16 games. The biggest question in, in his career has always been his health. Can he stay healthy? Can he play a full season for 16 games without getting hurt? I think yeah. with the quarterback. It's going to be so different, and we're so not used to it because for the past 20 years, we've seen Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, and how Brady plays. Cam Newton is a completely different player than Tom Brady. So, one, how is Bill going to draw up a system and Josh McDaniels draw up a system for Cam Newton and his play style, you know, from what they just had with Tom Brady? And you look at Brady like, yeah, Brady had so much success, but if Brady had the legs that Cam Newton had, there could have been even more success, you know, converting, you know, close third downs or whatever, or mm-hmm. running the ball. There have been so many times where, like, Tom Brady, like, kind of rolls out and he has, like, room in front of him. Like, if it's Cam Newton, he can pick it up. And yeah. he's just, you know, so slow. So he either throws it away or, or he tries to find somebody downfield. And you're not going to get the Cam Newton, like, you know, early in his career where he just, you know, design QB runs every other play where he just fucking takes it. But when he needs to run the ball, he's going to. 
See, so, yeah. I don't know if the offense will really change that much because at times last year, the Patriots were a run-first team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The problem was they had a lot of injuries on their offensive line. David Andrews had the blood clots in his lungs. That was our starting center. Um, and I think our right tackle or our right guard was hurt for most of the year as well. So a lot of projections of, I think, I want to, I forget, it's either Pro Football Focus or ESPN said potentially if everything goes right, the Patriots have line has the potential to be top 10 in the league this year. Um, so I think if Cam Newton has a solid running game with him as well, I think that will uh, really help um, take, take the burden off of him a little bit. So you won't have to do as much with his legs. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. It's got to come down to, to health for me it, and where Cam Newton is right right now. I mean, he played arguably 2018 which, when he played 14 games. I think um, I might have even had him on my team or something because he. I remember him just not ever, like, being good. And it always seemed like – and I'm pretty sure he was playing through something. He was slowing him down. He missed two games that year. And then last year, played two games out for the season. So, obviously, something's – he's been dealing with something. I think he had uh, shoulder surgery, right? Yeah. So, it's going to be a matter of are we getting 100% Cam Newton because – now, you can't really extrapolate this forever, but literally every season that he's played 16, he's been, in fantasy terms, a top-five quarterback. He's been very good every time. He's 100% healthy every game. I and mean, that was 2017, last time that happened. Yeah, and he, he was and, very uh, good that year. So, I think – and obviously, he's coming into a great coaching staff. And like Mason said, he never needed, like, elite weapons to begin with. So – um, it, it's going to be based on health for me and maybe his legs too because he's been – his great seasons have been uh, aided by his, his rushing ability. So maybe if he's not able to, then um, then maybe he'll just be kind of like a, a step up from a game manager. Yeah, I agree. Um, so Pete Cam Newton, you said 11-5, and five, Susie, you agree? Yeah, I give him like another two games if he's all all sixteen. How far can they make in the playoffs? I think they have a chance to get to the AFC Championship, possibly Super Bowl with Cam Newton. Yeah, I'd agree with that. There's the chance. That's the best peak. You're asking for the the best case. I'd say I'd say peak AFC Championship game. I don't think uh, like the way that Patriots team's built, they can hang with the Chiefs. We're returning, like, I think, like, 22 of their 24 Super Bowl starters. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. <laughs> just think they're – And um, I don't know. I, I think the Ravens are going to be out for blood, too, this year. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I, well, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Cam puts them over the top, but it definitely gives them a shot, oh. you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um, sure. He's a dynamic talent enough that he can give anyone a shot. Yeah. And he um, looks good. I mean, I've seen some workout videos at least. Yeah, him, he's him in and great OBJ shape. have been, uh, been going hard. He's uh, ready. He's kind of annoying on uh, Instagram. Because, I, like, I, I like him. I've always been a fan of him. It's like I, I've never been a fan of, like, his fucking – how he types his letters and they're all, like – Oh, yeah, they're, like, freaking hy- hieroglyphs or whatever what am, you call What am I doing? Like, 
Fucking grown ass man. Just type your captions. I wonder how long that takes him to do. I know. Yeah, I Unless he has it set up or something. I don't know. He'll probably hire somebody to do it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. As far as – so now fantasy talking. Healthy Cam Newton. You just said he's finished top five every year. He's played 16 games. If you play 16 games with the Patriots, can he be a top five quarterback? Can he lead somebody's fantasy team? I would say he could make the top ten. I wouldn't give him top five, though. Like, maybe, like, eight or nine. I mean, Josh Allen finished number six, so he could be something like that. Maybe six, seven would be his, his peak. Yeah, I agree with Sousa. But, you know who I think could benefit greatly from Cam Newton? Wait, honestly, we have great minds think alike. James White. No, oh, no. Yeah, the running game, for sure. I think – if you look, obviously, okay. First of all, let's get this out of the way. James White is not Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is the best running back in the league. I think we can we can say that. Like best fantasy um, running back in the league. Best what? The best fantasy running back in the league. Okay, all right. Yeah, we'll but, get to that, won't we? Whatever. All right. You know what I mean, though. Like he's the best pass. He's easily the best pass catching back in the league. I think we can agree about that. Yes. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But if you look at uh, the year that uh, – Oh, I know. I know what you're going to say. Christian McCaffrey, oh, when he first came into the league, uh, his first year, Cam Newton actually had his highest uh, completion percentage that he's had um, as a quarterback. I think he was like almost 70%, which typically – He's good. He's, well, Cam Newton's good. No, but I'm, typically Cam Newton sticks to like six, closer to 60% for his completion percentage. And um, his his percentage, I'm pretty sure, passing out of the backfield when obviously when McCaffrey got drafted went up astronomically. Yeah. Um, and I think James White is he's definitely not the best. Christian McCaffrey is the best, but I think he's one of the best. I think he's probably top five pass catching back at a league in the in the league. Or you can make a yeah. case. You know what I mean? I'd he's, say fringe fringe top five he's around, around that area. Yeah. yeah, he's around there. So. Um, I think that he could potentially benefit uh, greatly. You know, something closer to what we saw in uh, 2018 as opposed to last year. You know, he came down a little bit last year. So the thing with James White is he he also didn't – it was tough because that Patriots offense was just like – it was so hard. It was so – yeah, it was hit or miss. It was so hard to figure out. Like, as a James White owner last year – because the year before, didn't he finish – what was his final – I know he finished top ten, James White. Might have been top five. Yeah, like it was, it was something stupid. Because like number four or five. I'll look it up quick. Actually, it might have been six. So now here I am thinking, you know, you don't have Gronk as the Patriots the following year. Brady loves his check down backs, you know, his slot wide receivers. Who else is reliable besides Edelman on that offense but James White and as sure-handed as James White is. And he didn't – one, he didn't get the volume because that offense was just so stagnant. And then, two, like, I honestly think it's ability. He's getting older. He's not the same. He's not making he, – like, when you watched him play, he wasn't making guys miss as much as he used to as far as, like, juke moves and cuts and doing yeah. this. Besides that, uh, that, uh, that end-of-the-year game uh, at Houston, that was, that was fucking spectacular. <laughs> in, shout, out, in, shout out one time, James White. In PPR, he finished – Number seven in 2018. Yeah, top ten. Like it's so. Like I said, his 
downgrading and progression, I don't necessarily put on him. I think it's part of it because he's getting older. He's slowing down. How old is he now? I know he's over 30. James White? I don't think so. James White so. is 28. He's 28? Yeah. Yep. Damn, I thought he, like, I thought he was getting close to 30. Yeah, he's not that bad. He's still got some. Mary does got some in the tank. We'll see how he is with Cam Newton. Um, but I thought, yeah, his ability, like he just looked different last year. Maybe because I was expecting more out of him. Um, but also he didn't get as many opportunities as he did the year before. I'm mm-hmm. curious to see how well Nikhil Harry will do. That's he's the a, guy I was talking he's about. A, he's a big body boy. Yes. And the thing is and, with Cam uh, Newton, you look at who he had his whole career in Carolina, Greg Olson, probably his favorite target there, and how he succeeded. The Patriots don't really have any, you know, tight ends to throw to. Nikhil Harry, big dude, athletic. But he, he, he's um, similar to Calvin Benjamin when, when he came to the league and, and had a good season with Cam. Yeah, I, I think, I think if, if you're in like a dynasty league, put some stock in the Nikhil Harry. If you're in a regular, you know, year-by-year league, PPR maybe, um, take him as a flyer. You know, yeah. Just, to, just stow him on your bench. See what he's like with Stidham and Cam Newton. Um, because potentially, like, ultimately the Patriots don't have many – Pass catchers. It's Edelman. It's basically just Edelman and Harry. That's it. They got Harry. They so, still got yeah. Philip Dorsett. No, he uh, he signed with somebody else. I forget who. Good for they him. they picked up. Oh, they have Mohamed Sanu too. They picked oh, yeah. up Marquise Lee. He sucks. <laughs> Mohamed Sanu. I, I don't even want to. His ankle looked good. Mohamed Sanu wasn't even good on the Falcons. Okay, so don't miss me with that. Looking at him right now. Um, oh my god! Yeah, he hasn't done shit. No, he sucks. He had one good game with the Patriots. I think it was his first week, and then he was ass after that. Um. So yeah, I mean, it's big news. Like I said, Patriots fans, they can kind of exhale because you lose Tom Brady. You you know you think the dynasty is over, which it, it probably is, and it could be. But at least Cam Newton gives a Patriots fan hope. Oh yeah, Cam Newton. It gives a fantasy owner hope. A new a new. Him with Carolina was getting stale. You know, he wasn't – I feel like he wasn't the Cam Newton we saw, you know, early in his career when they made that Super Bowl run. These past few years, kind of just like he's going through the motions. Susan, you said when you owned him, it was like – I remember like some games we'd watch him yeah, and we'd awful. be like, is he even playing? You, like, You couldn't watch on? his games. You, you, no. You'd be fine if you checked after yeah, the game. Like you check out the game, he's got, he's got 15 it. points. Like, okay, it's a decent game. But watching him is like – what the fuck is happening? You know, I know. What was going on? Three and out, just awful plays. So he's got something to prove. And, and like, based on, you know, how hard he's been putting in work as far as going to social media and, you know, the message he's sending out, you know, how, you know, this he wants to get to work and do this and the new scenery. He's got something to prove. So I, I have think- something to ask. I know we've been talking about him a lot. But, quick, I know some concerns. It's not a concern with me at all. Um, and I have my reason for that. But – could there's been concern of Cam's ego clashing with Bill's discipline? Do you think that factor in at all? No. No. Every every ego no, that Bill so Belichick either. brings in gets checked at the door. And if not, like if it hasn't in the past, it definitely will now just because of who Bill is. You're you're joining a team led by the greatest head coach of all time. You know what New England does. You know how they're all business. Think of the guys they brought in the past, like Randy Moss. Fucking even Ocho Cinco. Like, he, he wasn't that good. He was towards the end of his career, but he was still, like, 
you know, he was there to, you know, do business. Mm-hmm. When people go to the Patriots and they want to play for the Patriots, they, you know, the number one goal for the Patriots is to win. I think the if you're about statistics, you know, getting your brand out there, doing this and that, New England's not the place for you. And I think Cam knows that. I think the difference here too is that Cam knows that he needs to have a good season. So I mean, I think that he's willing to put up with Belichick for at least one year, just because if he has a very good season, he's gonna get fucking paid next year. Yeah. So I think he can look at it like this, be like, hey, man, listen, Belichick might be a fucking dickhead, but he's one of the best coaches in the league. I know I have a good chance of winning here, and I know I have a good chance of proving my worth in the in the market next year. So if he has a good season, he stays healthy, then it's a win for him because then he hits the market and he can make absolute fucking bank. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and the, the thing for me – the only reason – I think it could potentially clash, but the only reason I think it won't is because Cam has nothing to be cocky about right now. After missing a whole season last year and having a mediocre season the year before, he has, he's not riding high on anything. So he's already coming into the league humbled of, of not doing much. So um, I don't think that's an issue at all. Yeah, like I said, he's got something to prove. It'd be different if he, you know – it'd be different if he's been consistently good throughout his whole career, you know, hasn't been injured. And he just like signed like a big deal with the Patriots, yeah, for like an extended yeah. term. Yeah, this he's got one year to prove his worth. One prove his worth to the Patriots because if he succeeds with the Patriots and the Patriots want to go in this direction, write yeah. out Cam Newton for the rest of his career, and then figure out you know, like with the upcoming QB classes out of college, what's going to happen. You know, they could go that route, or Cam Newton proves what he is worth, and then teams who don't have a starting quarterback will pay money to take him. Yeah, so, uh-huh. I think I just want to say one more thing before we move on um, about this. And then it kind of goes back to what you just said about uh, Cam, like the Patriots potentially signing Cam Newton to a long year deal or a long, long term deal after the season if he performs well. I think a lot of people got the narrative wrong that, like, I'm, I'm sure you guys have heard like a lot of people saying now that, like, oh, well, the Patriots signed Cam Newton like very last minute. That obviously means that like Jared Stidham is not the guy, like, who's going to be their quarterback after Cam leaves and all this. I don't think that's the case. Number one, okay, I'm, I'm being cautiously optimistic. Okay. Oh. But, Surprise. Uh, I know, right? Uh, but a lot of uh, people, which could just be the, the bullshit that the Patriots are putting out into the media, but a lot of writers for the team have said that they genuinely think that Jared Stidham is the guy. And I think what their plan was is that, the reason why they didn't sign Brady to a long-term deal is because they wanted Brady for one more year, like they did with Garoppolo, where they had Brady for two seasons, and they were Belichick was planning in his ideal ideal world have Brady leave, and then Garoppolo take over in his third year. And I think that's what they wanted for Stidham as well. And they called Brady's bluff, and he left. So they kind of had to scramble a little bit and uh, and find someone to to take hold in the meantime because they didn't think Stidham was ready and they obviously don't want Brian Hoyer starting and I don't blame them. <laughs> uh, so it's a good theory. So yeah, that, that's my, that's my personal opinion. Um, I know a lot of people have been like pushing that narrative, like, Oh my God, dude, the pages don't have the guy anymore. Like, <laughs> well, cause I, I've heard people say Bill loves Stidham. Like, yeah, he has a lot of love for him. So it's like, maybe he will start the season, but that story makes sense that they don't want to push him out on his second year. 
they want, they would prefer to wait, but they can't. So because the thing is too is like who whoever replaces Brady is going to have the biggest shoot. Obviously, Brady's Brady's a like a hero in New England. Obviously, yeah, because of everything that he's done here and everything he's accomplished. No one's going to be able to fill those shoes. Even if Cam Newton went out and won a Super Bowl this year, you're still not filling Tom Brady's shoes, obviously. It's comparable like to like Steve Young trying to fill uh, Joe Montana's shoes. I mean, Steve Young succeeded, you know, he, he Super Bowl champ, but, you know, nobody's going to be Joe Montana. And then Joe Montana goes and plays with the Chiefs. And Joe obviously wasn't the same. We don't know what's left for Brady with the Bucks, But, yeah, you're not, you know, anybody trying to replace anybody – Who's that great in Tom Brady and what the Patriots had? Six Super Bowl championships over a 20 year span. Um, we'll see. I'm personally excited, like, as a football fan, because as much as I dislike the Patriots, I don't know. Like, I kind of wanted to see them suck and all the fans be like that. But it's kind of nice to see them have that glimmer of hope because this is what the Cowboys fans have every year. Cam Newton gives the Patriots hope. So when that hope gets raised and they just get there, and then I feel like somehow they'll just not do anything. You get snatched away. I'm, I'm just gonna be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the club. No, I, I am genuinely interested. I know I was I, in the last podcast. I was joking around saying I was a Tampa Bay Bucks fan, but I mean, I'm I am really interested to see how the Patriots are this year, genuinely. Um, and I mean, who knows if Cam Newton's injury history pops up, then we might be seeing Jared Stidham earlier than we thought. You know, it, it depends. Like I said, we might see Jared Stidham first. If they really believe in the kid and he's the guy, and you have Cam Newton on lockup. Oh. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. come on. It's worth <laughs> a shot. I think they played the Dolphins week one, so why not throw him out there? Hey, don't sleep on the Dolphins. Dolphins, Dolphins improved their defense big time. Yeah, they did. Bigly. Bigly. And uh, the tank for Tua. Tank for Tua. All right. We talked enough about Cam Newton. Uh, got our thoughts on that. Let's talk about the largest sports contract in history. In football, no less. In football. We tell your kids, I'll, I would tell my kids, stick to baseball because, one, you're not going to get hurt, and baseball players make more money. But not if your name's Pat Mahomes. No. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes signs a contract extension with the Kansas City Chiefs for 10 years, keeping him a chief through the 2031 season. 2031. That seems that sounds like a fake year. Like it does. Yeah, we might not even make it that far. So what the deal is? Four hundred and fifty million over the ten-year period, which would be an average annual value of forty-five million dollars per year. Yeah, but also incentives that could be up to worth the five hundred and three million dollars, half a billion dollars. Half a billion. The incentive includes a $140 million injury guarantee. So if Pat Mahomes would get hurt, he would still get a whopping $140 million. Not bad. As well as a no-trade clause. So basically, he can get a Chiefs tattoo on him because he is a Chief for life. <laughs> well, that's the thing. He could, when this is over, what, he'd be 
looks like he's 24 right now. So he'd be like 35. Someone could even give him another deal. If he's still good, sign him for another five years. So if he's Tom Brady? If he's Tom Brady. That's, that's his potential because he's so young, which is insane. To think you could get to possibly another big contract after this. It's like, so it's unreal. He signs that deal right now. We can all agree on this podcast, Dollar Seller Podcast. Pat Mahomes is the cream of the crop. He's yeah. the best there is. And like I said, the best there was, the best there will ever be. Because, <laughs> one, I'm not that much of a Bret Hart fan. But <laughs> he is, he is in a once-in-a-generation talent. You yeah. figure Tom Brady generation's over, who takes the torch? Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. In two short seasons, he's a league MVP. He's a Super Bowl MVP. He's thrown for 50 touchdowns in a season. What more can you ask for? He is He's right up there with Mike Trout. He's up there. I, I wouldn't say he's up there with LeBron because LeBron's career is just so long. But, I mean, you talk like someone like uh, – I'd say he's more improved, like we're talking different sports than like someone like Giannis or somebody else. But he's the best player in the league. We can agree on that, right? Oh, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. And we can agree that the margin from Pat Mahomes to the next best quarterback to him, whoever that may be, whether it's Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady, Rogers, Tom Brady. Carson Wentz. <laughs> Eddie Dalton. Eddie Dalton. Oh. Oh. Jared Stidham. Okay. You can agree <laughs> that that gap from Pat Mahomes being way up here, the second best player is way down here. There's not even anybody who's fucking close to him. He's in a tier of his own. So, so why is it that when Pat Mahomes signed that deal of 10 years, possibly up to $503 million in incentives, Everything I was seeing and hearing about on social media and any other media platform um, somehow came back to Dak Prescott. <laughs> does, that, uh, does that make I sense? Think, I, well, yeah, I think it's because as far as young quarterbacks go, I think there's like probably like, what, five, five young quarterbacks in the league now that you can say are like very good, like Patrick Mahomes, Dak, Lamar Jackson, um, Baker Mayfield. What? <laughs> I said Baker Mayfield. Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. <laughs> yeah, Deshaun Watson. Um, yeah, he's young. Some people would want to say like Jared Goff, but like no, you know what I mean. There's there's a few guys that are like very there's elite. A, there's, a, there's, a group, the there's a group of guys, and, and the thing is here, I'm I'm not gonna bullshit you, okay. I'm not, I'm not saying Dak is in the top tier of quarterbacks. He's not, he's, I'm not going to say he's an elite quarterback. He's very good. You know, he's very good for what he has done so far, not being drafted as a first-round pick, being or what he should be, the franchise quarterback of the Cowboys, um, to this point in his career. When Pat Mahomes signs that deal, and I see people on Twitter saying – Hey, Dak, there's no way Dak's going to get that much money. He's insane if the Cowboys pay him that much. <laughs> the voice. <laughs> and, and it's just like it blows my mind because nobody, not even Cowboys fans, the most 
biased Cowboys fans could ever say that Dak Prescott is in the, in the same league as Patrick Mahomes. Nobody is. Nobody is. Even, even like I said, the best quarterbacks like Russell Wilson and whatever. As good as Russell Wilson is, Pat Mahomes is simply on number, another level in such a short time. And he's not even in his prime, Pat Mahomes. Mm-hmm. So when people, like, like under every time ESPN tweets something about Patrick Mahomes, the first guy, like, I see a comment about Dak. Every other comment is about Dak Prescott. And I'm like, why? Why are they talking about my quarterback? Maybe they're, they're uh, conditioned with the whole running back situation with Bell and Gurley and Zeke and how they were kind of competing for the best. But Maybe they kind of like, think it's like the same but like thing. Like I just said to you, Dak Prescott isn't even the, in the same league. You can I know. Argue. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying they're idiots. But I'm saying you can argue Gurley, Bell, you know, all those guys who are, like, trying to compete with, as far as salary goes. It's not even close. I'm not saying Dak Prescott should be paid fucking $40 million, $45 million. Yeah, in my opinion, excuse me. In my opinion, um, Pat Mahomes took a fucking hometown discount. His average annual value is $45 million. If he wanted $50 million, I think a team would pay $50 million per year to get Pat Mahomes on their team for a yeah, long-term the, deal. The thing that's important about that, too, is that if you look at the end of that deal, the way that the league is trending, that by that point that's would be a good deal. <laughs> it would be a, a, a genius deal. I, I mean, obviously, everything with COVID going on, we don't know how the cap's going to be for next year and everything going up. But the way how popular football is trending, how much cap space – you know, the league continues to get and how much money they can hand out to quarterbacks. If Pat Mahomes was in it for the money, he could have signed a four-year deal, a five-year deal. And then when he turns 29, when he's in his prime, or, you know, you know, right in it, he can make fucking double what he's making right now. Oh, yeah. Easy. So I think it goes to show with Pat Mahomes, can we, can we agree – the most accomplished quarterback of all time is Tom Brady. Yeah. 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 So. Six Super Bowl championships, multiple MVPs. If you're chasing someone like Tom Brady, how do you put yourself in a position to do that at the start of your career? He's already won one Super Bowl and an MVP. How do you continue? You have to keep winning. If you sign a 10 year deal with the Kansas city chiefs, you're putting yourself in a situation saying, okay, I want to be the best I possibly can be because with this Chiefs team, with me as their quarterback, you know, they technically if Pat Mahomes at quarterback, they have a chance to win every year, but knowing that he yeah. took, he like the way his contract spans out over 10 years, they'd be able to keep guys because it's not just going to be one guy who wins your Super Bowl. They had Pat Mahomes, you know, two years ago and they couldn't win because like I said, they ran into the Patriots and you know, that defense wasn't as good. As was, it was They picked up Tyron Matthew last year. And they're able to get these guys. And you're not going to keep all your offensive weapons. And, I, like, Craig Heiler will be the first to tell you, the Kareem Hunt thing is kind of a blessing in disguise because they would have had to pay Kareem Hunt. You're not going to pay Kareem Hunt, Pat Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, and keep everybody for a whole thing, like a whole timeline, and especially your defense. We'll talk about Chris Jones later. So what Pat Mahomes did, not only did he take a hometown discount, but he's setting himself up. To, to try at least attempt to replicate something like the Patriots dynasty. Yeah, he's signing off on the beginning of a dynasty. He's exactly. like, I'm going to be here for 10 years. Let's do this. Exactly. Yeah, plus it's an extension too. So, I mean, yeah, so he's, the he's, next, yeah. these next two seasons, 
They get him for the same deal. And then I think next year it goes up to like 21 or something. But still, these next two seasons, if they're bringing back basically the same team, I believe. So there's no reason why they couldn't win the next two Super Bowls as well. Nope. And, and, this, and this thing, and this is what I told Craig, because we've talked about this before once uh, Pat Mahomes signed his deal. Realistically, like Tom Brady, every Patriots team they've had, and they, there have been some excellent teams, there's been some teams that aren't that good, but because of Tom Brady, he's carried them to places that they couldn't go before. Right, right. If you had number 12 on the field, you have a chance to win no matter what. And the same goes for Pat Mahomes. If number 15 is your quarterback, regardless who you have on your team, you're always going to be a contender. But the fact that you're able to pay Pat Mahomes, you're able to keep these other guys, Tyree Kill, Chris Jones, Tyron Matthew, Travis Kelsey, you're able to keep your Super Bowl winning team around you, that's how you create a dynasty. Mm-hmm. That's how you yeah. go forward. I agree. Pat Mahomes, I applaud him because, and I wish him the best in the world. I'm a big Pat Mahomes fan. I like him. Um, but you can tell he's a winner and he wants to go forward and, you know, like I said, try to chase a legacy that is Tom Brady. As hard as it is and how hard people say it will never be replicated, Pat Mahomes is doing everything right now to try and do that by signing that 10-year deal. Because a 10-year deal, that's a baseball contract. Yeah. Like, that's – you just don't – you never see that in football. Um, Yeah. So, like I said, Pat Mahomes does that. Congrats to him. Um, and now I mean, can you blame them though? Like if thinking if it's a bad deal, if you saw five hundred half a billion dollars on a piece of paper and all you needed to do was put your name on it, I think you'd want to do it too. <laughs> you would, but like also it's in the just thing crazy. with him, it's a guarantee, he, you know? but he's so good. Like I said, he could, like I said, he took a hometown discount there. He could have signed a five-year deal for that same average annual value of 45 million. And then once the cap goes up, he probably could have made like 55 million, 60 million by that year. By that, it's also the risk years. that something could happen. That's it's like deal or no deal when you're offered half a million, but one million still on the board. You're like, do I take the money now, guaranteed, or should I risk it for the? But he's more? got that 140 million injury guarantee money. There's a no trade clause, so if they don't like his contract, they can't trade him. Yeah, I think money. I think he'll be fine with money. But like you said, he wants to win. That's I don't saying. blame him. So now here's the thing. The Chiefs right now, they're doing what my Dallas Cowboys should have been doing as far as building a team to contend, you know, for a short window. Now that they signed Chris Jones, they franchise tagged him, signed him to, I think it was a four-year deal. I believe so, yeah. That window where you have Pat Mahomes and everybody, you know, around him that's supporting cast, that Super Bowl winning team, just extended from like three years to now like six years. Like the, the Chiefs have a chance to be in the Super Bowl for like six years straight. Yeah. And like I said, whatever comes after that, when people come and go, like Kelsey, Tyree Kill, whoever, as long as Pat Mahomes is your quarterback, you'll still be able to contend, but you're going to build your team around Pat Mahomes. Mm-hmm. But because you're able to bring all these guys back for the foreseeable future, like I said, there's no reason the Chiefs can't make the Super Bowl for the next six years. That's kind of crazy to think about. I know. But it's true. It really is. It's, it's true. And the thing is, too, and I'm about to – well, I'm going to talk about Dak. Let's um, do it. So today marked the deadline that the Cowboys and Dak Prescott had um, to sign a long-term extension, extending his contract that he has now. Uh, they placed him on the franchise tag, so if he plays this year, he'd be making $31 million, and then he would become a free agent next year. 
and um, the Cowboys, I don't even know if they'd get any uh, like mid-round picks for him if he signs with somebody else. They might. And and here's the thing. So Dak, I don't, I'm not sure what his intentions are. If I'm Dak Prescott, okay, I'm not a first-round pick. I believe he got drafted, I don't know if it was third or fourth round. If I'm Dak, if I'm Dak Prescott, I got drafted by the Cowboys in the third round. I wasn't the plan. He wasn't supposed to succeed Tony Romo. Tony Romo was the guy. And Tony Romo signed, you know, five-year deals at a time, and this and that. Tony Romo was the guy for the Dallas Cowboys for almost a decade. And what did Tony Romo do as far as winning games and winning playoff games? Nothing. Just short. Not even an NFC championship appearance. Okay? So – Tony Romo goes down, obviously, with injuries. Dak Prescott steps in. In his rookie season, Dak Prescott wins Rookie of the Year, leads them to a 13-3 record, number one seed in the NFC, and they get eliminated in a playoff thriller against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers from a fucking field goal. Jared Cook toe drag and a Mason Crosby miracle field goal. Fucking that's right. Okay. I forgot about the catch. It's so fucking ridiculous. And, and like, people – and the Cowboys fans would be like, oh, we should have paid Byron Jones. Where the fuck was Byron Jones on that play? Because I'm pretty sure it was 15 yards away from Jared Cook. <laughs> Anyways, um, his rookie year, he does that. In his second year, that's the year Ezekiel Elliott gets suspended. Yep. Right? Yeah. And I think the Cowboys go – Eight and eight? Yeah, that wasn't that that was the year that the NFC East was like piss poor, wasn't it? I, I want to get my uh, my facts straight. Here. Yeah, didn't the well, actually, I don't they know. finished they finished nine and seven in two thousand seventeen and they came in second in the NFC East. Oh. That was the year the Eagles went to the Super Bowl. Oh right. Fuck. Uh the one year Carson Wentz uh was good. Until he got hurt. I just want to throw that out there. You got to throw that little jab in there. In 2018, he leads them to a 10-6 and six record, first in the NFC East. He wins a playoff game against veteran Russell Wilson in Dallas. And in crunch time, he does his job, converts on a big first down. They hold on, win the game. Then they go to L.A. in the next round and get absolutely embarrassed by C.J. Anderson. <laughs> C.J. Anderson. C.J. Anderson. So when people bring up that Dak Prescott has gone one and two in the playoffs, I, I, like, I, I get it. You know, you want to judge quarterbacks based on success. But I, I don't understand the argument of people bringing up playoff records and Super Bowls when the only guy who does it consistently – it's Tom Brady. Like, if that's the pedestal, and then, like, right. who's, who's closest to him next who's been in the league for the past 20 years? Aaron Rodgers has one Super Bowl victory. Other than that, he hasn't, he hasn't made a Super Bowl. Russell yeah. Wilson has a Super Bowl victory, and he made a Super Bowl again, lost to Patriots because of Malcolm Butler. 
<laughs> Big Ben Roethlisberger is a two-time Super Bowl champ. Peyton Manning, Joe Flacco, Nick Foles. <laughs> if you want to say – people say uh, Carson Wentz has a ring. Miss me with that shit. <laughs> oh, but hey, he had a great season, and they upstarted him, and then Nick Foles did the rest. You're damn right Nick Foles did the rest. Carson Wentz – I'm pretty sure Carson Wentz doesn't even have, like, a playoff touchdown because he got hurt last year, too, in their playoff game. <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. Forgot about that. So the thing is, I'm not arguing the success of Dak Prescott because, obviously, as a Cowboys fan, it's underwhelming. You know, we expect, you know, a good team. Every year I feel like our team is always good on paper but never lives up to its potential. So when you come up short of your goal of at least making the Super Bowl, it's frustrating. And the Cowboys and, – and people – why like, if you're not a Cowboys fan – I understand why you hate the Cowboys because every media platform, whether it's ESPN, this and that, everybody talks about the Cowboys and they've sucked for the past 20 years. America's team, baby. So I get that. Every debate show, Skip and Shannon, first take, every day they have a segment about the Cowboys. Because they're like, popular. That's what I'm saying. But it's like, I, I understand and I get your frustration if you're like, well, you know, why are people talking about Dak Cross? Because honestly, you shouldn't be. They haven't made the Super Bowl. But what I'm telling you, based on what I've seen, and we judge quarterbacks based on what on this podcast? Is it statistics? Is it the um, eye test? Is it how victorious you are? We did that one episode. Did we do all three? We said, I believe we, oh, came we picked to, one. We, we came something. to a consensus saying that the eye test yeah. how we judge quarterbacks. I was going to say, I thought it was eye test. And now, if you look at the eye test, you tell me, you know, who the best quarterbacks in the league without. I doubt it's Pat Mahomes, mm -hmm. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson's on the rise, Deshaun Watson. If you look at the eye test, you bring up numbers, statistics, everything else. Dak Prescott deserves to get paid more than guys who previously got paid, like Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz. Oh, what's his name? Matt Stafford. Brock Osweiler. Right? I, I mean, the thing is, and, and I, I'm not saying he deserves, you know, crazy amounts of money. But the thing is, I, and I'm also not blaming the Cowboys, but that's simply how the market is. These teams go out of their way to overpay mediocre quarterbacks. The fact that Kirk Cousins makes as much money as he does for doing absolutely nothing blows my mind. I test, he's an average quarterback. You know, we watch him play games. You watch him in fantasy. He makes mistakes. He does that. Carson Wentz, he was a first. The thing is with Dak, he wasn't a first-round pick. So when you have someone like Carson Wentz, Jared Goff is another guy. That guy sucks. Guys of the same draft class as Dak. Number one and number two, Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. Okay? They got contract extensions because that's the guy their team drafted for their franchise player. You're not going to draft a guy in the first round and say, oh, we're not going to stick with him because the quarterback market, it's like it's so hard to find a good quarterback who can be your franchise guy. So that's why they got long-term extensions. With the Cowboys, Dak was a diamond in the rough. We didn't expect him to be what he is today because, like I said, our chips were in Tony Romo's basket. And then Romo gets hurt. He's done. Dak steps up. He plays well. Like I said, his rookie season won rookie of the year. Carson Wentz didn't win a rookie of the year. 
Jared Goff didn't win Rookie of the Year. And people argue about supporting casts, saying, oh, he has Ezekiel Elliott. He's got a great offensive line. If you look at the numbers from last season, his best statistical season, the Cowboys led the league in drops. And Ezekiel Elliott wasn't effective as he was in his previous years. And they go eight and eight. And the defense was making Mitch Trubisky look like an all-pro quarterback. They were making Sam Darnold look like an all-pro quarterback. Dak isn't on the field when Robbie Anderson scores a 75-yard touchdown against the Cowboys. So people who bring up that argument of Dak being 8-8, eight and eight, I just I don't understand it. Yeah. If the market is, is what it is, it is what it is. If the market is what it is, you have to pay Dak Prescott. Now, if you're the Cowboys, right, you won Super Bowls around teams built off your quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and offensive line. Back then, there wasn't a cap, so it was easier to build a team. Since their heyday in the 90s, until Tony Romo came about, the Cowboys went through quarterbacks like the Cleveland Browns did. Like, it's, it's an absolute joke. So Jerry Jones should know how much a quarterback is worth. He literally said last year, you don't need a running back to win a Super Bowl. Yet he gives Ezekiel Elliott the, the richest RB contract, you know, in sports. Yeah, that's Jerry Jones for you. And that's what I'm saying. Like, like Jerry will, will take care of his guys, but the fact that you're paying every single other member of the team before you pay your quarterback, where are your priorities? If you don't need a running back to win a game, do you need a quarterback? You give Amari Cooper an extension, five years. He's getting, he's getting more money than Odell Beckham Jr. He's getting Julio Jones money. I love Amari Cooper. Is he in that tier? He performs well. I mean, he, I'd say he's in Odell Beckham Jr. As far as statistically, like his stats since he's joined the Cowboys, he's been better than Odell these past two years. Is he as good as Julio Jones? I test says no. No. Yeah, I'd probably say no. <laughs> um, but you give him money because you traded a first-round pick for him. You know? Jalen, yeah, I, don't, I don't get Jalen it. Jalen Smith, a late first-rounder, you give him an extension. I, I agree with that extension. I agree with Demarcus Lawrence on the line. You want to pay, you know, you do de facto guys, that's fine. But the, you should be building your team around the quarterback. So think of it this way, and I've seen Cowboys fans say, oh, if Dak wants that much money, then let him go. We start Andy Dalton. What has Andy Dalton done in his career to give you any confidence to say, yeah, he could lead this Cowboys team to a Super Bowl? <laughs> like, like am, I, am I losing it? Like, people no. actually are putting their faith in Andy Dalton. There's a reason nobody fucking signed him, and we signed him as a backup. How do, it's like – there's a it's the psychology of it it's like when you think of people like Aaron Rodgers or even Carson Wentz you think of like an outstanding well Carson Wentz I one outstanding year Rodgers is outstanding all the time Dak is more so like consistent when you think of Dak you don't think um league MVP or something but he gets it done he does his job at least very well and I feel like the consensus around the like fans are like you know, Dak doesn't really stand out to me. Yeah, he doesn't, he, he doesn't go 40 touchdowns. He doesn't right. go 5,000 yards. And if Dak does do well, it's like, oh, well, he has good receivers. Good, he has good weapons. 
And it's almost like, and I understand that from the fans' perspective, but it's like, are the owners, are the coaches, like, buying into that psychology? Like, well, how come they don't see that? I would I expect that from fans, but not from Jerry and Jones. The, and the thing is, too, how, how they don't come to an extension when literally this year you built your team offense heavy. You drafted C.D. Lamb. You gave Amari Cooper an extension. You didn't sign Byron Jones. You let him walk, and he goes to Miami. Byron Jones is the top five cornerback in the league, and you let him walk because you decided to sign Amari Cooper. They have Greg the leg? They signed Greg the leg because Brett Maher probably lost about three games last year. <laughs> wow, I didn't know they had him. Nice. Yeah. They still have Gallup and everything. They have Michael Gallup, and they just drafted CeeDee Lamb, arguably the most talented receiver in the draft. They're stacked. That's what I'm saying. And you build this offense, and you have your <laughs> offensive line and your running back, but you don't pay your quarterback? The one guy, the guy who makes it work. That's what I'm saying. That's some Jerry Jones logic right there for you, man. And, and, and the thing is, like, it's not like we're coming off – it's not like the Cowboys just always have consistently, you know, franchise quarterbacks. Like I said, that struggle before we had Tony Romo – I couldn't even name you all the quarterbacks that we have. I remember playing like Madden 04 with fucking Quincy Carter and Chad Hutchinson. You even know who those guys are? Nope. <laughs> fucking no. Sounds like a president, Quincy Carter. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, it, it just makes no sense. And if I'm Dak, like, there's got to be something in me that's like, like, hello? Like, I get it. You know, you, you pay the good guys on your team. I'm the fucking quarterback. My position is the most important on the field. I wonder if they're so deep into the positional players that they feel like they could plug and play any quarterback because they're stacked everywhere else. And that's what people are thinking. And therefore they want to That's why like the Andy Dalton sign, they're like, oh, wow, we got Andy Dalton. You know, maybe maybe if Dak wants this much money, we save the money and have Andy Dalton play quarterback. (laughs) The voice, I love the voice. And it's like, why? What has Andy Dalton ever shown? He had A.J. Green and they couldn't do dick. Like, it's also, it's also interesting too that this is the first year that you'd be able to see the Cowboys' offense with an actual. Say what you want about Mike McCarthy. But no, no, no. I, I'm get, I was going to get to that, but go ahead. An actual coach. You know what I mean? They've had Jason Garrett since Dak has been a quarterback, and he's supposed to be this offensive genius. That guy's a fucking <laughs> idiot. Okay, Jason Garrett's a boob. All right, plain and simple. That guy shouldn't be a coach. That's a bottom line. Thank you, Mason. Yeah, no problem. I got your back. I just think. Let me let me ask you guys a question, okay? The Cowboys went eight and eight last year. Was Dak Prescott the reason they went eight and eight? No. If, so. if you had to blame, if you had to give somebody the blame on why they went eight and eight last year, oh, but after giving the blame. It's Garrett. Yeah, it's it'd Garrett. have to be Jason Garrett. It's Garrett. We, dude, we saw it firsthand when we went to see the game against the Patriots. I forget exactly. There was a few I could, plays. I could, I could count at least five games from last season that were lost because of horrible fucking coaching. The game yeah. that really and, – and, and just – just okay. I don't, I don't want to break it down in every game but here and there, but the game that irritated me the most from last year, not even the Patriots game, bad weather, save you want, you know that both teams were dealing with it. That game, it was a slugfest. It could come down to the last drive, whatever. Say what you want, they could have won that game. The game that was 100% winnable was against the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday night. 
You have Dak Prescott absolutely slinging the ball for four quarters. You have Zeke, who's getting bottled up by the Minnesota Vikings run defense. And you take the ball out of Dak's hands with the game on the line three consecutive times. Yep. Second and two. Remember that. They run the ball. Yeah. Third and two. They run the ball. Fourth down. They fucking run the ball. <laughs> no, no. Fourth down. They didn't run the ball. They pretend they had, to run they, the ball. They had the bat. They had the pass, and then they throw something to Ezekiel Elliott out of bounds. But yes. it's like, like behind the line of scrimmage. Too. And, I, and I'm just thinking, like, well, like, what is happening? Earlier in that drive, Dak made one of the best throws I've seen a quarterback make, like threading a needle between two things. And I'm like, we're gonna fucking win this game. They can't stop this guy. And then you take the ball out of his hands. And they lose in such heartbreaking fashion. And it's like, that's how you know your team is fucking mediocre and deserves to be 8-8 eight and eight because of poor coaching. Now, and, and here's the thing for the naysayers who say, oh, Dak can't get it done. Dak can't do this. The Cowboys can't do this. This is the fucking year. The Cowboys have yeah. absolutely zero, zero excuses. Dak Prescott has zero excuses. I will be the first one to tell you that. Come on this podcast and tell you. Right, you have a recording. Any excuses for the Cowboys? You stacked up on offense. You have Amari Cooper. You have Ezekiel Elliott. You have your offensive line. You lost Travis Fergert. You retired. RIP. You didn't die, but felt like you died. <laughs> you get C.D. Lamb. Can you name a better like trio of wide receivers between C.D., Amari Cooper, and Michael Gallup? It's tough in the league. Three? Oof. Like, not counting tight ends. No. And you get rid of fucking Jason Garrett, who was a fucking – I'm sorry, Jason Witten. You get rid of Jason Garrett, but you get rid of Jason Witten, who honestly was hurting the offense last year because he couldn't fucking do anything. He like couldn't move. He's like a corpse out Dude. there. That's what I'm saying. And, and, like, Blake Jarwin, like, showed flashes last year where he'd score and actually have runs after the catch and fucking score touchdowns. And we got Jason Witten out there every play, 40 years old, <laughs> fucking doing the it, it was a, it was a play action fake and he would just go on a, on a little fucking three yard flat catch it maybe pick up five yards get tackled the same way every time you could not move Jason Garrett I love you bro but your best days are behind you get the fuck off the field <laughs> but did you think our coach was smart enough to do that no fuck no <laughs> so that's what I'm saying and now you have Mike McCarthy who has won a Super Bowl he's not the best coach I'm not saying that. But now you have no excuses. You don't have that Jason Garrett crutch to hang on to. I Like, I despise Jason Garrett. You let Byron Jones go on your defense, but whatever. You sacrificed anything you have on your defense because the defense was fucking bad last year. We had Demarcus Lawrence. He didn't get the sack numbers we wanted, but he was still a force. Jalen Smith wasn't as good as we wanted. Leighton Vanderesh got hurt. He's going to be healthy this year, hopefully. So you get him back. Yeah, but their defense was good when he was in there. That's what I'm saying. That 2018 team. They were good. That was a good defense. They shut Drew Brees down in Cowboys Stadium. You have zero excuses if you're the Dallas Cowboys this year. So if if you have Dak Prescott playing on a franchise tag, if they go out, and, and, and he, right now I'm saying this right now, the Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys have to at least, at least make the NFC Championship game. If they don't do that, it's a failure. Blow up the fucking team. I, I don't want to hear anything because here's the thing. If they don't make the NFC Championship game, even if they go fucking 14-2 and two and don't make the NFC Championship game, blow it up. 
because you're not you didn't want to sign your quarterback. Why would you sign them now if they can't win the NFC Championship game? You got all these other guys you just gave million dollar contracts to, and they can't win the. What's what's the main goal? To win the fucking game. Yeah. Blow it up. Somebody fucking sip some liquid cyanide to Jerry Jones so he just fucking passes and then stupid <laughs> son and son can take over and then it'll just be another same process for another 20 years and I can deal with this shit as a motherfucking Cowboys fan. Oof. All right, Glenn, take a breather. Damn. I feel like that's been pent up for the past like four months. Quarantine. The quarantine scream. <laughs> so... Well said. I think that's all there is to say about that. Like Forrest Gump. Mm. And uh, so if you want, we can move on to uh, we got a couple of rankings to go over. ESPN rankings and Madden ratings as well. I like that. Okay. All right. We'll do that then. Let's do it. But I honestly, though, before we move on, like I said, this, this I said last year was the year, but I forgot who our fucking head coach was. Yeah, it's true. There's no excuses. You built this offense. You have the quarterback on the franchise tag. You don't give him extension for whatever reason. But now if Dak balls out, they make the NFC Championship at least. They get to that next step. Even if they you know, make the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl. If they win the Super Bowl, if the Cowboys win the Super Bowl this year, Jerry Jones will pay any – he might match Pat Mahomes' contract and how much he'd give to Dak Prescott. Because yeah. that's all so he wants to do is win. win. So, like, so maybe this franchise tag's for the better because he can now prove with a good coach that he's worth the money and he'll get paid even more. And that's what I'm saying. And, and the thing is, too, like, even if he if he balls out this year, has a good season statistically, and the Cowboys don't have success, but he proves, you know, he can do it with a bad coach, he can do it with a you know a decent coach, a good – I'm going to call I'm gonna call Mike McCarthy a decent coach. He's a fucking upgrade from Jason Garrett. Oh, that's for sure. He's at least, he's at least competent. Let's that's what I'm saying. Out. If he proves he can do it with that – you're going to tell me there's not going to be teams who will give Dak Prescott a good contract, the contract that he deserves? Yeah. And, and let's not forget, as a third-round pick, he's made $4 million in four years. That's so, crazy. And, That's, and, you know, we talk you about know. players getting endorsements. You're, you're, the, you're the quarterback of America's team. You know, he's got Pepsi, fucking Chunky Campbell's chicken noodle soup. That's fine. You make money from endorsements, but – you want to make money for your craft and playing football. Mm-hmm. And if you see – if you look over on the other sideline and you see fucking Kirk Cousins picking his gold tooth with the amount of money that he's making, <laughs> that's, that's like, all right, what am I doing? Yeah, it's kicking the nuts. If I'm Dak, I'm, I'm disrespected. If I'm Jerry Jones, I don't know what the fuck's wrong with me because I, you should have you made something happen. Just meet the fucking terms. You're handing out extensions left and right to Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, and everybody else. Give it to your fucking quarterback. Yeah, I, I would honestly say I think this year for them is Super Bowl or bust, Glenn, because of what you said earlier. I don't know their exact cap situation, obviously. I'm not, I'm not closely invested with the team as you are. Um, but with from the outside, from what I've seen, with the amount of money that they've sunk into their positional players – there's going to be a breaking point here where they're actually not going to be able to sign anyone. Yep. So they're going to have to make a, a push for the Super Bowl, whether it be this year or 
I don't know their exact cap situation, but, or next year. Well, well, think about it because, like, the team that you have now, right, so especially offense, you got guys who are going to get older, like Tyron Smith, who's making a great deal. He deserves it. One of the best left, left tackles in the league. Zach Martin's the best right guard in the league. He deserves every penny that he earns. You paid Ezekiel Elliott, top three running back in the league. We'll say that. Um, you paid Amari Cooper in his two years with Dallas. I'd say he's he's top ten, borderline top five statistically. Yeah, no, he definitely revitalized his career there. I'd say that. You have all these guys, but you're forgetting other guys who also help out. Michael Gallup, unfortunately, I believe, will be the odd man out in this. So when his time to renew his contract comes up, because he's 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 going to progress, and I think he's good. The relationship him and Dak to like he's a good he's a good wide receiver. He's shown that in his rookie year, and he showed it last year how he took a step up. He's going to be the odd man out. When his contract comes up, they're not going to be able to sign him because you spent a first-round pick on C.D. Lamb. Mm-hmm. C.D. Lamb's going to get paid. He's, that'll be his you know, thing in the future. He took the fucking number 88. 88 is like a sacred number in Cowboys history. Drew Pearson, Michael Irvin, Des Bryant. You know, three three all-time great Cowboys receivers. So there's big expectations for C.D. Lamb, but Michael Gallup's going to be the guy who's the odd man out. On the defensive side of it, how are you going to pay Leighton Vander Esch when his yeah. contract comes up? That's what I'm saying. I think they might have sunk a bit too much money into the offensive side of the ball because right now you have people cheap on defense. When those contracts come up, you can't sign anybody. So you're going to have to bank on that. You hit on every single draft pick. And, and um, I, like, I, I agree with the defensive contracts that they've given out because they, they've signed the most important players. You got Demarcus Lawrence coming off the edge. He's a top five pass rusher. Mm-hmm. You have Jalen Smith. You spent a late first round pick on him, um, and he's the leader of that defense. You know, he, he gives energy every play. Lane Vanderesh is going to be a stud coming up too, but you got to pay him. You let Byron Jones walk, so you could, you know, pay Amari Cooper. And that's fine if you want to build up your offense and stuff and plug and play guys here on the defense. That's fine, but. And that brings me back to the point, like, how do you not pay your quarterback? Yeah. And the caveat is you can do that, but you have to win (laughs) at some point. That's what I'm saying. And like I said, hopefully with Mike McCarthy, it gives this team new life. Because in my my heart of hearts, I think there was a point last season where players were just like, why the fuck are we playing for Jason Garrett? You You got the defense walking off the field, losing to the fucking Jets and the Bears, and Jason Garrett. Give me a high five, man. High five. If I was him, I would say, fuck you. Get out of here. Yeah, the writing's on the wall. It's embarrassing. Like, why, We're supposed why, to be why, the best team in the division. We're supposed to be the, one of the best teams in the NFC. We're not even the best team in our fucking division. Yeah. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, why, why do I want to play for a lame duck head coach that I know, for all intents and purposes, is basically fired anyway? He's just, he's just being the placeholder for the rest of the season. You know what I mean? If, if, of- I, I, I told you this, like, if, if they would have re-signed Jason Garrett to another extension, I would have became a full-time Titans fan. <laughs> I would have I would have just said, you know what? It's not worth it. You get a little boop-boop. Per- uh, I mean, like, like yeah. the fact that he was a head coach for the Dallas Cowboys for a fucking decade. That's insane to me. Like, I know I have, a, I have like, a personal vendetta against Marvin Lewis. I think that guy sucks. Bro. At the Bengals in general. But, like, at least he made the play. Like, he – actually, no – he was kind of the same. He made the playoffs, and, like, he never won, though. I mean, he was a boob. Think of the <laughs> talent and careers fucking wasted under yeah. Jason Garrett. 
It, it makes me like I, I'm kind of like I'm nauseous thinking about it because it makes me fucking sick. All right, let's move well, on. Yeah, I was say, yeah, so I think it's a good idea. On camera, let's talk about these rankings. <laughs> yeah, so ESPN did a poll where they asked. One second, let me pull it up here. They asked. 50 executives, coaches, scouts, and players from the NFL who the NFL's top running backs are. And these are the top 10. I'm going to read them off and uh, starting from one, and then we'll go to 10. So voted on by 50 peers of the NFL, Saquon Barkley is the best running back in the league. The lowest rank that he got from those 50 executives was ranked six. Somebody put him as the number six best running back in the league. Our thoughts on him being the best running back in the league. Oop, I'm sorry. I was got to tell What'd you say? I are you, are you fucking you kidding? Me? I'm sorry. I don't mind it to be honest. As a consensus, I think uh, I like it. I can't comment. I don't know who we're talking about. It says, what do you guess. think about them voting Saquon as the consensus number one best back in the league? I like it. He had a, a tough high ankle sprain last year that kind of hindered his ability, but um, I like him. I think he's more explosive than Zeke. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd say that, yeah. As a, as a runner – I don't think there's anyone more talented in the league than Saquon Barkley. As far as, like, speed, strength, juking ability, and just explosiveness, as a runner, he's the closest thing that we've seen towards, like, Barry Sanders. Number one? Maybe. Maybe. I put him as number one runner. But you've got to realize that the running back position does more than just run the football. That's true. Yeah. So number two, the consensus was none other than White Jesus, fantasy football MVP of 2019, Christian McCaffrey. We stand Christian McCaffrey, baby. So the lowest rank that Christian McCaffrey got from his peers was number four. And that is that is the best out of the, the top five running backs. That's, so the lowest that anybody put yeah. him on their list was number four, Christian McCaffrey. I like Sa- that too. Saquon was sixth. I, yeah, I'd say that makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, he keeps getting better every year. So, he, and I don't think he's been injured, right? Has he missed time? No. I also think there's, there is some bias towards it because of how much fucking volume he gets. Yeah, he's like the only person on the Panthers – Good. That's what I'm saying, you know. But the fact that you know he has that, and teams can expect it, and they still can't stop him, just goes to show how good he is. Yeah. Because I think I think his run, his actual running is kind of slept on a little bit. I don't think he like I agree with you guys. Saquon is much more explosive than him. I think they're kind of opposites of the same coin. Where like Saquon, like they're both good in both uh, aspects of the of being a running back. Like, they're both good pass-catching backs. They're both good runners. Saquon's a better runner, but McCaffrey's a better pass-catching back. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're kind of complements 
to each other. I, I, I think also Saquon's, you know, more of a guy to knock you on your ass if you try to tackle him yeah. than Christian McCaffrey. Um, I think Saquon's catching ability is kind of slept on, whereas McCaffrey's running ability is a little bit slept on. I, I agree with that. Uh, no doubt. Yeah, That's fair. I, I've, had, I've had McCaffrey in my top three. I put him – number two is very fair too. Um, number three – we're splitting hairs, you know. They're really great. I, like that's what I said. Like I think we can all agree on the top three running backs. Number three, they have Ezekiel Elliott. Um, his highest rank, obviously number one. His lowest rank. So, so the highest rank that they've had is like people voted him the best running back in the league. And Zeke's lowest rank. Somebody had the fucking audacity to put this man as on their list as the eleventh best running back in the league. Who the fuck was that? Yeah, I don't if get you, that. If you can name 10 running backs better than Ezekiel Elliott, one, you're in denial. Or two, you are fucking stupid. That was definitely Jim Irsay after he was hitting the fucking Percocets. <laughs> it could have been. Jesus um, Christ. Do we agree with Zeke at three? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. That top threes, it's good for so me. Zeke, and, and here's my argument for Zeke, you know, being – an overall better running back than McCaffrey and um, Saquon is that he can do it all at his position. He has that explosive factor, even though he isn't as explosive as Saquon is. He has that catching ability, even though it's not as good as um, Christian McCaffrey's is. He has the ability to jump over you. He has the ability to run over you. And what really gets slept on, I think he's one of the best in the league, is this is his pass blocking ability. On third downs, if you need him on the field, he can, you know, chop, you know, hit hit a hit a block on an edge rusher, pick up a blitzing linebacker. And yeah. him coming out of college, that's why Zeke was projected to go so high because of how overall good he is. I think when you talk about the most well rounded back in the league, it's Ezekiel Elliott. Like who can do everything a running back needs to do at a high level. Yeah, I would agree with that. He's very good. I think the three, the top three, are kind of like Susan said. It's like splitting hairs. Yeah, like I, I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be mad at um anybody you know placed at number one, yeah. two, or three. Before. I think those three are like they're so. It kind of depends on the week, honestly. Like, yeah. <laughs> like they're just all so dynamic. I mean, when, like statistically, you look at Zeke since he's been in the league. He's led the league in rushing two out of four seasons. Um, take it as you want. You could say okay, it's because he's a great back. You could say because. It's his offensive line, you know, this and that. You still have to be talented to lead the league in Russian. I don't care if you know who you are. Um, but, you know, he, he's a beast too. Number four, we have Alvin Kamara. The highest rank he got was number two. So he was never number one on anybody's list, but he was number two. And the lowest rank he got was number nine. That makes sense. And like we said, we, th- we thought the first three could be interchangeable, and so did everyone else because they all were at least voted – number one at some point. Um, Alvin Kamara didn't quite make it that far up, um, which I agree because I wouldn't put him up as number one either. Um, but as of number four, looking at the other guys behind him, I don't hate it. Again, he, again, with the high ankle sprain issue last year, kind of takes you away from it because his, his season wasn't that great, I know. Yeah. Um, the fact that it comes, out, it comes out after the season saying, yeah, he was going, what, 70% the whole season? Yeah, well, I don't know about the whole season, but at least the majority of it. 
Um, we don't like we don't like can't excuses forget, on this podcast. Mm. You you can't forget the first two seasons where yeah, he just would make everyone miss. It was unbelievable. With like I'm, two yards to spare, like like with the sideline, he'd still make like three guys miss. When healthy, uh, he's the most elusive back in the league. I give him that. And pass catching ability. Yeah, exactly. Pass catching too. Yeah, he's he's up there. You know. Right there with McCaffrey, as far as my eyes. And that probably gets, gets them ahead of some of these other guys that are behind them that I'm looking at. Yep. Is this pass catching ability? Number five. Oh my God. <laughs> Glad's headphones fell off. That man, Derek. Henry, the highest he was ranked was number one on somebody's list. That's that's them sipping that Kool Aid. (laughs) It was me they asked. I put him in number one. (laughs) The lowest he was ranked. The Derrick Henry fan club. The lowest he was ranked was number nine. That's a bit. That's a little shocking. Derrick Henry coming off a monster season. We knew he had the potential to be great. Stuck behind DeMarco Murray. Uh, was it his first couple of years? Or was it just his rookie year? I thought it was his first First couple of years. Oh, yeah, first couple. Um, gets the starting – we saw the end of 2018 him just fucking take off. And now this year yes. he was an absolute beast. The rushing title winner led the league in rushing yards. And he single-handedly, I think, carried the Titans to as far as they – Work, along with the defense. The defense played yeah, well. Yeah. But nobody could stop Derrick Henry in I think the playoffs until they got to the Chiefs. The thing about Derrick Henry is that the reason why he's not as high on the list is because he is a pure running back. He's yeah. gonna, He doesn't really catch the ball, but he will run you. He's that, he's that old-fashioned – Fucking give me the ball in the mud. Yeah. I'm going to run their ass over. Yeah, get the we're fuck gonna, out of my way. We're going to run this play out the middle, and there's nothing you can do about it. Exactly. You want to know what his highest reception total was at any given year? It was actually last year. I'm going to guess. 15. 10. 18. Uh, 18 receptions. I win, I win. I win. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's – It's the, nothing. You know, when you compare him to you know, guys like McCaffrey, Kamara, uh, Saquon, Zeke, that's, that's a knockoff. You know he's not he's not gonna be the guy's gonna be out there for three downs, you know if it's not a if it's a third and long you're not gonna have him out there. That's where they have DL Lewis. Mm-hmm. You know potentially um, game scripted out if they're down a bunch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Get the pass catchers in. Titans get down big. You're not you, you basically wipe Derrick Henry off the field, and the Chiefs did that in the AFC Championship. Actually, yeah, I guess that's a good way to kind of differentiate between like the elite running backs and like the, the guys who are like in the second tier, it's like if that guy is in every, every down they're out there for every down, they can be used in third and long situations, third and short. Yeah. Kind of, you know what I mean? So that's, that's kind a, of a good benchmark. I feel that's the top five. Number six, after a stellar year, if you will, uh, Dalvin cook. Yeah. You know, I'll be the first to admit, I agree with that. Uh, I was wrong. I, I will admit that. I mean, I have egg on my face completely after. I think you, last year, you said he was going to be the bust of the year. Yeah, I did. I think I the term was the all, fuck and, of the year. Oh, my bad. My bad. And I, uh, 
egg on my face, man. I, I'm an asshole. I should not have said that. Damn. He missed two games, too. I know. Yeah. Still a top five guy. And he was on Jake Friday's team. Oh, yeah. It was a surprise. Uh, Dalvin Cook at number six. We, I mean, I like after, it. after last season, I don't hate it. He just needs to play a full season already. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, injury's always been a question with him. We, we've seen how good he can be as far as talent. Um, but just, you know, that durability. And I'll also add that to another argument with Zeke and Christian McCaffrey is they've been durable. Mm-hmm. Unlike Saquon, Camaro. Derek, well, Derek Henry's been uh, been good. Yeah, he's been pretty solid. I don't yeah, think he might have missed like a game. One game in 2019 and 2016. Other than that, he's been there every Number game. Number seven, following Dalvin Cook, is none other than Nicholas Chubb gets dubs. I knew you were going to say Nicholas. Yeah, I, like I agree. I like. He, he's another guy kind of like Derek Henry. He fucking runs hard. North. Yeah, and he south. does almost. Wow, he was actually like less than 50 yards away from Derrick Henry in rushing. He's a man. And they had Kareem Hunt on that team too. Yeah, it's the Browns, so it's like you don't think about someone being nasty on that team, but he's a pure runner. He's, he's great. Yeah, the yeah. Patriots could have had him, but they got Sony Michelle. <laughs> don't remind me. They're horrible at that. Um, yeah, Nick Chubb is, is, is great. Number seven right after Dalvin Cook. I, would, I wouldn't be afraid to swap them. I think I put Chubb over Dalvin Cook just because what Chubb's shown, you know, since he's gotten a starting role. Yeah, I think he's been a bit more consistent. Or he's, he's at least done it longer because both of his seasons he was very good, whereas Dalvin Cook got hurt. So, Number eight. Now, here's where, here's where the last three guys, it gets a little dicey. Number eight, you have Joe Mixon. Mm. He, I feel like – I feel like you, you can't – we it's think tough. of Joe Mixon, then we think of the Bengals. Yeah. And it's like that team He's had is such so a hard bad. time. I just have that bias, man. Bengals bias. I cannot. <laughs> Bengals bias. Put that on I a T-shirt. See, I see a person on the Bengals, and I'm like, no, please, get away from me. A jersey. If you put – yeah, you put Bengals bias on the T-shirt, put fucking number 17 Mason on the back, Boyd. <laughs> That's me. I, I'd, I'd buy that shirt. <laughs> um, it's tough. He, it's, I mean, the bad team. He hasn't scored many touchdowns, but he's over a thousand yards last two years. Um, uh, because the first year doesn't really count that much. Um, it's just he, he's like tough sledding every year because the team's so bad. Yeah, they're not I mean, on the field, he has nowhere to run. And they had Andy Dalton, the guy that Cowboys fans want to succeed, Dak. <laughs> yeah. But he still is, he's averaged over four yards per carry last two years, which is solid. I'll tell you what, Joe Mixon, though, this year, new life. Joe Burrow. Yeah. Got Joe and Joe, the Joey brothers. The Joe, Joe, Joe. Joe, Joe. I think this could be a big year. Mixon uh, could be a nice value this year. Uh, speaking of franchise tags, AJ Green got franchise tags, so they still got him. He's still there. I mean, and Mason's cousin, Tyler, is still there. <laughs> Big thumbs down from Mason. About AJ Green, not my cousin Tyler. Tyler Boyd. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, Joe Mixon. Nah, I don't know if I put him that high. You got Josh Jacobs coming in at number nine. And uh, uh, If he had another year, I think he'd be ahead of Mixon. Yeah, I agree but, with that. 
I like him. I like what I see, and I, I expect better things this year. Good potential. Um, Josh Jacobs at number nine. I like him. He, he's a guy who I think can only get better, um, especially what the Raiders are trying to do with John Gruden. Um, Las Vegas. Yep. Maybe yeah. that has a factor into it. I don't know. It's going to have a factor with our dollar jar that we're keeping. Yeah, it is. And then finally, rounding out the list of top tens, Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, the Jets. Mm. Yeah. You know what? How the mighty have fallen. You know what? I'm just going to say it. He got, he's getting disrespected. People forget. People forget Le'Veon Bell. He's got something to prove. And take it as you want. You know, I think the biggest problem is, like, Adam Gase is the Jason Garrett of the New York Jets. He sucks. So, take it as you will. You say Le'Veon Bell was part of the product of uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and their offense. You could say he's still plausible running back. From what we've seen in Le'Veon Bell in his career, he had a down year last year. After you know sitting out a whole fucking year, he'll be ready. Yeah, I mean, there's really no one. He's established. He's shown that he's great. I can't picture anyone else. I'm looking at the list of other running backs. I can't. I wouldn't put anyone above him. Hold on a second. Is no. it really? Would you, they really you disrespect our man, fucking Mark Ingram? Are you fucking kidding me? He's he's number eleven, Mason. Don't worry. Number eleven. They fucking forget. Yes. They meant to. They had so many people Joe vote Mason. him as. They had so many people vote him as number one that they thought it was eleven. Oh, okay. I can understand. Too many ones. Um, Glenn's president of the uh, Derrick Henry fan club. I'm president of the Mark Ingram fan club. We're accepting members, by the way. Yeah, I was I was a member of that fan club last year. Twenty dollars um, a year. <laughs> I, I think I put I'd still put Bell over, like Joe Mixon, and Josh Jacobs. Even even though he had a down last year, from what you like just seen what Le'Veon Bell can do, like this man literally, uh, from fantasy standpoint, he carried teams. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I just what, don't think the other people are established enough yet. No, and, yeah. and I think it's some disrespect put on Le'Veon. Which makes Bell, me man. think Gurley should maybe be in the list instead yeah. of maybe Joe Mixon. Actually, yeah, that's surprising. He's not. Gurley wasn't even top ten. That's kind of surprising to me, honestly. And again, this isn't fantasy. This is just talent. Yeah. I mean, so which I would, but, which I, but Mason, which is what I'm saying, he should be in there. Really, a product of the system? No, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's still a good back. Even yeah, he's, he's still a good back. He's still a good he's back. He's fucking one of the highest paid backs in the league. Doesn't mean huh. that's well, he was. Now he's well, on his own. <laughs> that's true. Which I always forget about when I remember it. I'm like, what the fuck? I know. That's so weird to me. It's um, like Melvin Gordon on the Broncos. That is weird. Yeah. Yeah, so that that's the running back rankings. They didn't. I don't know if they did any other like uh, positional rankings, like quarterback or anything else. All right, let's run out. We'll do we'll do Madden rankings for quarterbacks and running backs. You know, I'm a big Madden fiend. So is Mason. Um, Gets that every year. Well, all right, they Madden 21 released it is top quarterbacks by overall rating. We'll run down the list. Can you just tell me agree or disagree? All right. That's fair. Number one with the best overall rating, a 99 overall, none other than the man, the myth, the legend, Patrick Mahomes. Agree. Yeah. Number two, based on Madden, 
Russell Wilson at a 97 overall. Yeah, I'd say so. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Number three, Big Trust, MVP, Lamar Jackson at a 94 overall. Yeah. Dude, his, his running ability must be a 99 just to compensate for his throwing ability being like an 81. <laughs> that's probably why he lands at 94. Number yeah, four, like Drew Brees at a 93 overall. Mm. I don't know, man. Compared to some of the other guys, I think his overall could be a little lower, but uh, yeah. but as number four, I don't mind that. Yeah. Uh, uh, Drew Brees, he's accurate. Yeah, he's good. Well, let, let's see who he's a, he's ahead of first. So number five, Tom Brady, Tom Brady setting a record for, I think, most consecutive years is a 90 overall plus. It's Tom Brady at a 90 overall. Mm, I don't know. See, I feel like that's a little bit high. To be honest, I do too. I think it's a little low. You think so? I think so. I mean, I, I get it. They're, go, they're going based off last year, but you know, you're going to tell me he's going to make the jump in one season to being 90 overall quarterback, or I don't know. I, I put him around where Drew Brees is. You put Brady on the Saints. I think he's just as successful as Drew Brees. If Maybe. Not more. Number six, and this is the one that's got a little people upset. It's actually even got me, as much as I despise this fucking man, it's got me a little upset. Aaron Rodgers. Number six. 89 overall. Ooh. That's, that's some disrespect. Because, like, we, when we say, like, Aaron Rodgers, you look at the eye test, you know, I feel like Pat Mahomes has finally surpassed Aaron Rodgers as that guy who can simply, you know, do it all, make a deep throw, run the ball if he needs to, be accurate on the run, you yeah. know, this and that. Because Aaron Rodgers, just he's got all the tools, and he's had all the tools. And last year, people forget, Packers made the NFC Championship. Yeah, yes, they did. I <laughs> would say I would put Aaron Rodgers above both Breeze and Brady personally. That's just me, though. I'd put him at least close or around there. I'd put him right with Breeze, 93 overall. Or 94, if you want to go there. Huh. Number seven, Matt Ryan. 87 overall. This is where I, it gets interesting. I guess that – no, you know why Matt Ryan is 87 overall? Because what? of one thing, Matt Ryan garbage time, baby. That's it. That's it. He still has the stats. Yeah. The Falcons lose like 40 to 37, and you're like – if you watch the game, you're like, holy shit, Matt Ryan's a shit bum. But then if you just look at the box score, Matt Ryan finishes with like 400 yards, a pick, and three TDs. In reality, you watch him play, and he looks like a shit bum. Uh, people forget, was it last year? Uh, Matt Ryan had the same exact numbers as MVP season? Uh, I think it was the year before. Well, yeah, it might have been the year before because he had almost 5,000 yards, 2018. What was the last year? It was, yeah, it was 2018 because his yardage was like, exactly the same. His interceptions right, then, were the know same, what, touchdowns. You know, you know what? Listen to me. Disregard everything I just said. <laughs> uh, Matt Ryan, 87 overall. Not a fan. I feel like I feel uh, like the next three guys are just as good, if not better, than Matt Ryan. Let's hear it. I agree, too. Um, number eight after Matt Ryan coming in at 86 overall is Deshaun Watson. See, I take, I take 
Deshaun Watson over Matt Ryan personally. But I think an 86 overall for him is fair. Yeah, Matt Ryan needs to be pegged down yeah. rather than Watson up. But, yeah, I agree with the, the overall. And then number nine, uh, Dak Prescott at an 84 overall. Yeah, he uh, should be. I, I'm putting him with Watson. Me too. I yeah. just don't know if I should put him above Watson or not. I, I wouldn't. I I put him with him. Same overall. I'm I'm okay with them having the same overall, Matt. As far as you know, based on ability and stuff. Yeah, I put. But they don't, especially coming off of Dak's best statistical season. You know, you have him. You have him at 84. Yeah, I'd say he's either with. Deshaun Watson or in 85. And I also – I still think Matt Ryan should be, like, below these – I See, I put Matt Ryan at 84. And if you want, bump up Deshaun Watson to an 87, Dak at 86, or keep da- keep Deshaun Watson at 86, put Dak in 86. Yeah. And then the last guy, same overall as Dak is in 84, Mr. Carson Wentz. Classic. I put him down a peg personally. <laughs> it's a weird one, but I think I'm okay with it. Yeah, I'm okay with him in the '84. Anybody get snubbed off the list? Kyler Murray's not here. Not yet. Yeah, Matt, I Matt think Stafford. He's a good year this year, but I don't think uh, he belongs on that list yet. Yeah, Matt Stafford is he's he's done. Kyler Murray will be like one of those uh, those weekly players. You know, so you're like a weekly 90 or whatever. People, oh, and Madden, yeah. (laughs) So, that's that's the quarterbacks. I like for the most part, I think it's it's kind of fair. I just think a little disrespect on Aaron Rodgers and a little too much praise for Matt Ryan. Uh, Mm -hmm. we'll we'll flip the running back since we talked about like real life running backs. So, this is supposed to reflect real life and how they did last season. Number one, best running back in the game at a 99 overall, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I think, yeah. We, yep. we agreed that, that that top three is kind of just interchangeable. So yeah, I, see the thing is ninety nine overall. If he's interchangeable with like Saquon and Zeke, and I get the season that he had last year, I, I don't, I don't know if I put him at a ninety nine, maybe a ninety eight, ninety seven. But ninety nine means like you're the best of the best at your position. You're gonna put. I mean, he was last year. He was. Yeah. And that's what they base it on. Is yeah, if we're going like strictly the last, season. last season, then I think he deserves it. All right, I think he might so be right. Might, yeah, I know what. You know what? Disregard everything I just said. Everything. <laughs> um, number two. Now, there's a big gap from 99. The next running back is 93. Derrick Henry. Ooh, that's surprising. A little bit of boom, boom, boom. That trucking, yeah, be but again, you got to think of the of the season you had. Yeah, so I agree that he was like the next hottest running back. Yeah, no, last that's year. Yeah. Number three, Nick Chubb, ninety-two overall. Hmm, that is surprising. Yeah, me. these guys are are aside from McCaffrey, pretty close, which I agree with. Keeping the overalls kind of tight. Does this reflect uh, like uh, their fantasy rankings as well, like how they finish in fantasy? So Madden strives based on ratings, based on basically what they did last season. So it's more of like not not towards like fantasy, but like I mean I'm sure they can probably Im- implement it, but I think it's based on like their ability based off of last season. Mm-hmm. Number four, uh, we got Zeke Elliott at 92. Also, 
Yeah. Number five, you got Saquon Barkley at 91. That's fine with me. I, I like how they're all like 91, 92. I like how they're all close to each other while still in the 90s. I, yeah. think, the, I think if, if you're going to be that close to each other, you got to bump it up to like a 93, 94. Because I think Shaquan being the fifth best running back at a 91, he's got to be closer to the top, like towards where McCaffrey is. Yeah, I think they should have they should boost like the like two to five all up by like three points. You know what I'm saying? Nope. Number like six. 96, Chubb's like a 95. Number six, you got Dalvin Cook at ninety-one. That's good. I think I think based off last year, I would put Dalvin Cook over Saquon personally. That's just my. Yeah, ninety-seven, not ninety-seven. Number seven is a ninety overall. Aaron Jones. Yeah, sixteen the league in rushing touchdowns. Nineteen total. I mean, I guess that makes sense. I mean, I'll tell you what that is. Fair. Absolutely fair. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron Jones gets slept on. Led the league in touchdowns, 90 overall. He deserves to be in that. He's an A minus running back last year. Number nine, you got Joe Mixon at 89 overall. I guess we were just sleeping on Joe Mixon, bro, because this guy is in everyone's top tens. Jesus Christ. Mm, I'd peg him down to like an 88, 87. So yeah, I agree with that. The next but, guy below him is an 88. And that's what the fuck do we know, apparently? Yeah, that, we don't know. Sure. <laughs> that's Mr. Josh Jacobs at an 88 overall. Yeah, I think they should be the same overall. Yeah, Either I agree. 88 or 87. But what do we know? And then rounding out the top 10, also at an 88 overall, Mr. Alvin Kamara. Yeah. That's last just, season wasn't that, that great. That's disrespect in my eyes. It is, but if you look at last season, you know, yeah, I mean, if they're much he gave you by last season, then these rankings all make sense. But I mean, if we're taking the career as a whole, but the thing is, like, so you're playing the game for the twenty for the Madden NFL twenty one. So you're playing the game for the 2020, 2021 season. So I get you're basing it off statistics from last year, but you still got to factor in the player's ability. I'd give him a 90 at least. That's what I'm saying. You got to give Alvin Kamara at least a 90. If you want to yeah, factor in last year, that's fine. Disrespect. I think these rankings are a bit strange in my opinion. Yeah, Madden. Madden's a, that's very, what you get. Very questionable. Game. I mean, I feel like you have to, like, you're, the last season should have influence, but you should also look at the, the player's talent directly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you have some person, like, I don't know, fuck, like, let's say – Obviously, Sony Michelle has been in the lead for two years now. Let's say Sony Michelle goes absolutely off this year. They're gonna put him as as the number one, uh, the, the number one um, back next year, be, just because he had the best season out of every running back this year. You know what I mean? Right. No, that wouldn't happen. What the hell happened to your screen, Susan? No, I'm just saying it looks like. My screen went to black and white instead of color. Yeah. But I think it's just because the sun's going down. I don't have any lights on. Oh, okay. That would make sense. All right. Um, that's a pretty good note to end on. We covered everything we want to cover today. Um, yeah. We're getting closer to football. I think yeah. as we dip more towards the end of July and August, we'll do like we did last year, recapping every division, going over fantasy, if there is a season. 
I think there is. It'll be stupid, but I think it'll happen. It's going to definitely happen, and it's going to start. Will it finish? That's the thing. And you got to factor that into drafts. Like, anyone could get COVID, and then you're fucked. Yeah. Here's what's really stupid about the NFL. They are banning jersey exchanges at the end of games. You know how players, you know, sign each other's jersey. Hey, man, good game. Hey, yeah. you, man. Read my jersey. Thank you, man. Hang it up on your wall. That's their voice. Hey, man, thanks. <laughs> you can't do that anymore this season. Yet it is okay to fucking tackle a guy, get all up in his grill, lock arms with him, fucking breathe on him and pound him into the game. But if you swap that jersey, bro. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that. It's awful. They tried. They did the same well, thing in like in like hockey. They don't want there to be like scrums after the whistle in front of the nets. Like, dude, it's the fucking playoffs. Of well, course, there's gonna be scrums. I, in front of the I, I actually agree hockey. with it. I agree with it. It's either or you don't have a season because if you want to have a season, you need to limit all the stuff that you don't need to do. You need to have people tackle each other if you want to play, but you don't need to swap jerseys. So limit all the stuff that you don't need to do. Yeah, but play, play flag football. Or just don't play it. Or just don't play the season. in close proximity of each other when, they, when they're, you're tackling someone. But why, have, why add that extra potential of swapping jerseys when you don't need to do that in the first place? Because the odds of you getting cold. It doesn't matter. It's just like, why have that extra chance? Point zero one percent chance. You ship it in the mail, I guess. I, I just, I, like, I, wash it. You're ar- like football is a sport where you're already all in. You're gonna tackle somebody. They're not gonna dumb the game down because of COVID. And be like, yeah, we're just gonna fucking do that instead. Like, just just keep everything. Just go all in, like fucking Florida and Texas. Just go all in. Just be like, hey, if you get within six feet of someone who's running, it's a tackle. Yeah, yeah. He's down. <laughs> He's down. Within six feet. Yeah. Once you get within that six feet, and then you can like challenge. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna have to measure a full like circle around. They have to measure ball. two yards between the proximity of the guy. What a fucking mess that yeah, was. You just imagine like Troy Aikman being like, "Well, or uh, Mike Pereira being like, uh, well, Joe, you see here uh, at this angle, it actually looks like if you take into account how long this yellow line is, uh, this this is approximately one inch. So based on that, he's doing like fucking physics on national television. They need a protractor for that. Yeah, yeah they yeah. would. What a mess, man. I fucking hate COVID-19. I know. Yeah, same. We'll see, though. If they they take away my football. Oh, man. So before we go. They'll find me in the bathroom hanging from the ceiling. I ain't doing no dishes, no laundry, nothing. I was just going to say I'd write a letter to them saying I'm kind of discouraged. (laughs) Well, see, what I hope happens is if they start the season, they just finish it and go forward. Or they don't have a season at all. Because if you start the season, like I said before, if you play like three or four weeks. And I'm 4-0. And then they have to shut the – yeah. And, and some other reality, Mason's 4-0 in fantasy. No, 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 no. We already talked about this before the podcast. You damn – both damn well know that if there was a season for me to start off like 6-0, and it would be this year, and then it gets canceled. And then it's completely absolved. And then next year, everything's back to normal. And then I go back to normal, and I win the toilet a fourth time. And here we are. And everything. For me, it would be there would be a full season, but my first pick would have the virus. And then <laughs> I'd be screwed. That's, no, that's what would happen. Your first pick would wouldn't get the virus until like week thirteen Ten or something. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as the playoffs start, you got to quarantine for two weeks. Yep. 
man. Oh, see, that's, that, the, that's the world we live in. Glenn, your dad's team would be absolutely nasty because he'd pick up all the guys that were yeah. just – He'll have everyone's handcuffs. That are filling in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, we're going to get our league going. I don't, his commissioner's kind of sitting on his hands. Yeah. We're going to discuss rule changes. We're going to discuss Vote Mason's, for Sousa. We're going to discuss Mason's team name. Mason, when you hear my team name – you got to smash that like button and vote for it. Because I got a team name for you that you're going to love. Yeah? Yeah. It's All right. Awesome. We already got Susan's team name, Senior French Toast. Senior French Toast, baby. That's all you need to know. I decided to go um, – I'm not going to be the New Day because I'm, I'm not planning on starting 0-4 again. <laughs> I'm changing it to the New Day. But I'm going to stick with the wrestling. I'm going to go with the Nation of Domination. That's your okay. Switching the new days like your secret weapon. It's like your yeah, ace in the hole. Yeah, you and don't then, like start I said, off with that. Yeah, you don't switch to that. Exactly. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm gonna stick with the wrestling thing. I tried switching to MCU and go with uh, Thanos, but I think I'm gonna go with uh, Nation of Domination. Well, because it's like an official new leaf. Like you can have a bad start, but once yeah. you say it's a new day, it's a exactly. New exactly. Who knows? I might need to bring it out week eight. The big yeah. game against Souza. Or me. Yeah, it's, it's like the ace. You know, ace in the hole. I got it. Let's get out of here. All right. Anything? Any final thoughts? Uh, I want football, so wear a mask, please, everyone. Yeah. 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 If, you're, if you're listening to that home, and you don't have to wear a mask all the time. Like, we're not wearing masks recording this right now because we're in our own homes. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that. Or if you're driving by yourself. I see yeah, that if you're driving lot. by – like, people who wear their masks when they're driving, it's like – What are you doing? You got the windows up. Like, what, what, what are you doing? Oh, it's going to get in my windows. But if you're out in public, <laughs> if you're out in public and you're in the vicinity of people, wear a fucking mask. Yeah, just don't be a dickhead. Like, even come on. Not, even if it's not for yourself, just be considerate. And I got, yeah. you know, you get a lot of people, and, and, you know, a lot of people blame our generation, millennials, and the dumbass Generation Z below us. They say, uh, you know, all oh, these millennials think that, uh, you know, because they're young. You know, they, they, can't, they can't affect anybody. And actually, some millennials do think that. Like the idiots down in Florida for spring break. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get COVID-19 ruin my spring break. Like, I came here to party, and I came here to oh do my, my thing. God. Glenn, how many times have you watched that video? I think you literally just said what that Dude, I, like, <laughs> when I watched that, I was literally, like, I was holding my phone, and I was like, you're a fucking dumbass. Yeah, I know. I know. And, then, like, even now, like, like, people, like, just because you're young and you don't have fucking health conditions – and you could get it and be asymptomatic. Think about Gramps. Mm. Think about Gramps with a bad hip. Yeah. Fucking emphysema. Hip. I mean, I don't think. Here's my, the grand, thing. my granddaughter came over yeah. my house, and then, and then she she gave me the <laughs> she gave me the the COVID the Corona. <laughs> and the thing is, I like Corona. And the thing is, if I get the Corona, I won't be able to cheer for my Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All um, right. I think, yeah, this, this goes out to stupid millennials who yeah. kept going to bars in Florida for some reason. Yeah, if you're listening also, to this podcast and you're not wearing a mask, fuck you. Fucking Karens being like, I know my rights. I know yeah. my rights. Shut the fuck up. Wear a mask, you stupid bitch. Yeah. There it is. Fuck you, Karen. I want that sound bite. I know my rights. No, wear a mask, you stupid bitch. <laughs> oh, okay. Wear a mask, you stupid bitch. Uh, say it again. <laughs> say I know my rights again. <laughs> <laughs>
I know my rights. All right, guys, it's time to go. I gotta go smack a pack of Newport 100s. All right. All righty. Guys, let's get the fuck out of here. Bye bye.